Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into work, Kyler, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for today, God, and we thank you for being a good and a gracious God, and that you're always righteous, God, and that you're always true, God. Mm-hmm. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together, God, and to magnify your name, God, and to study your word out. We thank you for all our listeners and our partners, God, and we continue to stand in prayer for them, God. And we just magnify you in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' amen. name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everybody. We are continuing in Romans chapter 3 with for this portion of the morning Bible study. And actually, we're going to pick up exactly where we left off yesterday um, with the point that Promise brought up. But in order to do that, let's first begin by rereading... Um, in, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. All right, can I get a volunteer to do that, please? Yes, I will. All right. What advantage, then, has the Jew, or what is the prophet of circumcision? Much in every way, chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. For what if someone did not believe, or excuse me, for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that you may be justified in your words and may overcome when you are judged. But if our unrighteousness demonstrates the righteousness of God, what shall we say? Is God unjust who inflicts wrath? I speak as a man. Certainly not. For then how will God judge the world? For if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I also still judged as a sinner? And why not say, let us do evil that good may come, as we are slanderously reported, and as some affirm that we say, their condemnation is just. What then? Are we better than they? Not at all, for we have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. Mm-hmm. So, as we were saying, um, we're going to kind of break from the norm a little bit, and we do want to hear what everyone has to sh- has to say and share, right? But... Let's address exactly where we left off at. Uh, yesterday, I promise, or last time, you brought up uh, verses 7 through 9, right? And asking, it, essentially, the, the question, for if the truth of God has increased through my lie to his glory, why am I judged as a sinner, right? And then in verse 9, the question that Paul is asking is, so what then? Are we better than they? Right? And he's so then it says, not at all. We have previously charged both Jews and Greeks that they are all under sin. So it puts everyone, as it pertains to sin, on an even or level playing field, right? Yes. As a result, though, what he is arguing initially is what is the point of circumcision and of being a Jew? Right? And he says, is it he says they have an advantage. It is better to be a Jew. And he says the advantage is this, simply, that they received 
the oracles of God. Or, or that's in verse 2, right? In verses 1 and 2. What advantage then has the Jew? Or what is the profit of circumcision? And he says there is advantage, much in every way, right? Chiefly because to them were committed the oracles of God. It was given to them first. Right? Yes. Which is a continuation of what he was saying at the end of chapter 2, right? And he asked the questions in 28 and 29, or, or he makes the statement, he is not a Jew who was one outwardly, nor is uncircumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. All right? Yes. Now, uh, let's address that first. All right. And we're going to tie it together with some of the other discussion yesterday. And, and honey, you brought up some great points in, uh, on, on a number of levels, but especially talking about faith. All right. But let's address the what Paul is initially writing about here, right? Which is circumcision. Okay. Okay. Oh, honey, and you know, before you just, um, go into that a little bit deeper, it's important for us to remember that we are two-dimensional beings in the, in the sense of we are spiritual and we're natural. We are spiritual in the way of there are certain times when God refers to something and he's talking about the bigger picture, the spiritual side of it. Mm-hmm. But then there's also times where he's referring to it in the natural sense. And so sometimes we can use like the word circumcision that word has both a spiritual side to it and implication and um, application as well as a natural physical application. The spiritual was the circumcision of the heart that we covered in chapter two that we um, were introduced to there. And the natural is a physical circumcision that a male experiences um, in particular, the males under the, under the covenant that God initiated with Abraham, but then was later reinstituted with the law of being circumcised on the eighth when they're eight days old after birth. And um, the physical on the male body part, removing the additional skin as a sign, an outward sign that they chose to follow God inwardly and with their lives. So we, when we talk about things as believers, we have to understand when we're, especially scripturally, when it's referencing the heavenly and the spiritual application, and then being able to transition when it's talking about the natural physical application, Mm -hmm. even though the same word is used. So the context of it. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Annie. Um, so there's a couple things um, I want to point out. One is, let's go to Deuteronomy 4 for a second. I love Deuteronomy 4. Uh, I love, yes, absolutely. In <laughs> addition to the whole rest <laughs> of the word. The yes. <laughs> I love that scripture, yeah, and all the other ones, yes. Mm-hmm. I love them all equally. Amen. Um, can I get someone to read the first nine verses there? Um, I can. Okay. Actually, make that the first 14. So you want me to read 1 through 14? Yes. Okay. Now, Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe, that you may live and go in and possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers is giving you. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take, 
take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Bel Peor, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore, be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us, for whatever reason we may call upon him? And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in all this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, when the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach their children. Then you came near and stood at the foot of the mountain, and the mountain burned with fire to the midst of heaven, with darkness, cloud, and thick darkness. And the Lord spoke to you out of the midst of the fire. You heard the sound of the words, but you saw no form. You only heard a voice. So he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone. And the Lord commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments, that you might observe them in the land which you cross over to possess. Mm, okay. <clears throat> so I bring this up because... Moses is, well, first, Deuteronomy is the second giving of the law, right? Because he is primarily talking to, I'll say, the next generation of, well, Israelites is ultimately what, what it comes down to. The, the first generation, right, the, the generation with Moses that he led out of, uh, that the Lord through Moses led out of Egypt, Right? Those died in the wilderness, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, ultimately, right? Yes. Moses was allowed to see the promised land, but was not allowed to enter it because he did not revere the Lord, right? He broke faith with the Lord, he and Aaron, right? Yes. So, as a result, they both were not able to enter the promised land, but Moses was at least shown it, okay? Yes. But what is he saying here throughout? Right, exactly what Paul is saying. You first received the word. And Moses talks about all these different ways that they've seen and heard the word of the Lord. They heard it through the voice coming from the fire on top of the mountain. It was written in the Ten Commandments, right? Yes. That he gave, that he gave them. He also gave Moses as a, an example and, and a, a prophet, a mouthpiece of the Lord, to teach them as the Lord commanded him, right? Yes. Um, yeah, verse 13, he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform, and then says the Ten Commandments. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone. Verse 14, again, he commanded me at that time to teach you statutes and judgments that you might observe them. 
in the land which you cross over to possess, right? So in this, he's preparing this next generation, which is something that you also hear throughout the entirety of Scripture, but especially with what's typically referred to as the founding fathers, right? Mm -hmm. In Jesus' time, it says that they, um, (laughs) the argument, whether it was John the Baptist or it was Jesus was, well, you you say, or the, the people would say that they were sons of Moses or sons of Abraham, right? Yes. Well, here they are saying, hey, perform these statutes, these judgments, observe them, apply them to your life, right? Yes. Also, uh, if we can, let's go to Deuteronomy 10. And can I get a volunteer to read 12 through 16, please? Oh, I can read that. Uh, actually, can uh-huh. you read <laughs> through 18? Yes. Okay. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command you today for your good? Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. The Lord uh, delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you above all peoples as it is this day. Therefore, circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked no longer. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow, and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Mm-hmm. Do we see the same points that Paul's bringing up? Yes. Okay. That... Yes, there is an advantage in every way. They were given these oracles of God, right? But he also says, <clears throat> going back to the end of chapter 2, right? Whether circumcision or uncircumcision, he says, it's not, it's not of the flesh, but it's of the heart. And this is the same thing you see spoken of through Moses. Moses said the exact same words. Circumcise your heart. Remove the hardness of heart. Right? So that yes. you can clearly hear what the Lord is saying and speaking. And then he also goes into, in, there in chapter Deuteronomy 10, how to live it out. Mm. Right? Yes. What's required to live it out. Mm. However, there is still the aspect of sin. When we go against that and against what the Lord said and against his statutes and his judgments and his commandments... That is a breaking of faith. That is sin. That is witchcraft and idolatry. And the Lord makes that very clear and very very plain. That it is a breaking of faith. So, that is why Paul, in, verse, in Romans 3, verse 9, right, he's saying, no, this is the standard. This is why we have charged both Jews and Greeks that they're all under sin. Right? But then I want to bring up an, another point here. And um, we talked about faith yesterday. Faith was brought up, right? Everything is accessed yes. through faith. Um, 
Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, right? Uh, says this about faith, right? This is the first three verses. Actually, can I get a volunteer to read that? I'll read it. All right, honey. Is that? <laughs> Trying to get everybody participating. And That's okay. First three? Uh, first the first three verses. You sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I am. <laughs> now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Mm -hmm. Can you now read verse 6? Sure. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. So, right, as I want to tie this all together. And, and in light of what's being discussed here, right, and, and what Paul is writing about, Jews and Greeks or Jews and Gentiles, right, and the difference, right? And, and I'm going to bring up a couple examples, and I, and I think we might have already brought this up in a previous um, podcast episode, <clears throat> excuse me, and that was of Ruth. And Ruth, speaking with Naomi, R Ruth, who initially was one of... Um, uh, she was the wife of one of Naomi's children, mm -hmm. right? But they all married Canaanites, right? So Naomi's children married a Moabite, 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 excuse Moabite, me. But still foreigner. A foreigner, right? Mm -hmm. Someone that was not of the faith, if you will, right? Did not serve the Lord initially, is the point I'm, I'm getting at, right? Yes. But what did she say to Naomi? Your, your God will be my people. God. Oh, go ahead, Layla. Go, baby. <laughs> your God will be my God and your people will be my people. Amen. Yes, absolutely. And that is, I'll, I'll say, being grafted in. It wasn't just because of marriage because Naomi said, what, do you expect me to have more children that you can eventually marry them? She's like, it doesn't work. No, and there was also another daughter-in-law who went back to her people. Who decided to go back to her people, to yes. remain as a part of the covenant that and the taking God as her God and becoming a Jew, you know, technically mm -hmm. by being grafted in. Well, yeah, there wasn't really a covenant, though. She chose to participate in it because she saw yes. the benefit of that, and she wanted to honor her mother-in-law. Oh, yes, I mean because the covenant they, they of God. Been, yeah, but they were released from any covenant relationship. The daughters were. No, I yes. meant Ruth wanted to be a part of God's covenant with his people. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's the point I'm making. But then, No longer bound by marriage, though. Mm -hmm. But then let's look at this example. Let's back it up even further, right? Mm -hmm. What is... Uh, can someone read verses 8 through 10 in Hebrews 11, please? Got it. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as, a, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Okay. So, so this is Abraham, who, what does the Lord say repeatedly? I am the God of who? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay. The quote-unquote founding fathers, if you will, right? Yes. For the, the people and the nation of Israel, right? Yes. 
so if we go to let me let me turn there Genesis we're going to start with chapter 11 And can I get someone to read verses 26 through 28, please? 26 through 28? Mm-hmm. Starting in chapter 11. Genesis chapter 11. Okay. Just wanted to double check and make sure. It says, And Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the records of the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. And Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his birth, in Ur of the Chaldeans. Hmm. Is that what you want to read? Yes. Okay. So, they, Abraham came from where? Ur of the Chaldeans. From Ur. A land of the Chaldeans. Okay? So he was not a Jew. But yet, in chapter 12, can you read the first? Oh, actually, so there's there's one more verse. Uh, can you read in chapter 11? Can you read verse 31? Just so we can tie it all together. And Terah took Abraham his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son... Abraham's wife, and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran and settled there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in chapter 12, can I get someone to read the first four verses? I will. All right, promise. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get up your country from your family and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And and all, and, and sorry, and and you, all the families of the earth, shall be blessed. Amen. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. Hmm. So, so the Lord took Abram who he later called Abraham, right? Yes. And <clears throat> the Lord spoke and made a covenant with him, changing him, saying that from him, the people of the earth will be blessed. From his seed, they would be a people, ultimately the Lord's people. He made them uh, Hebrews or Jews. The Lord did. The Lord said what he said. Abraham then believed it. Mm-hmm. So the, and, and I bring this up because this is the this is key. This is the founding of, of faith, right? And this is why um, well, people say the writer's unknown and uh, the writer of Hebrews is unknown whether it's Paul or whether it's um, Luke. Um I, my assessment is that it's Paul. <laughs> it reads differently, uh, but for a number of other reasons. Again, uh, I'm not I'm not the scholar, but um, that that's just my my personal belief on that. But uh, nevertheless, the writer of Hebrews 
in, in chapter 11, the great faith chapter, points that out very specifically. And I, I think that's for a reason. Everything comes by faith, and that's what Jesus articulated throughout his entire ministry, was about faith. Right? Paul writes the same thing, without faith it is impossible to please God. Right? Even at the beginning, it was all about faith. Whether it was Moses, whether it was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah. Noah had to have faith. And as a result, eight people survived. The whole world. The, enti- <laughs> the entire rest of the world perished. Mm-hmm. But because they had faith in, they, in what the Lord said, told them, instructed them to do, and they followed it, they observed what the Lord said, they were blessed. They literally inherited the entire earth. When, when you think about it, there was no one else there at that time. Everyone else had been destroyed. Everything else had been destroyed. They inherited the entire earth, which is incredible. But So, I'll bring those up to, I wanted to tie a couple points together, right? Because Paul keeps asking questions constantly in all his writings of the Jews, Right? And, and one of the, the main ones that really jumps out at me is if you live like the Gentiles, why do you exhort the Gentiles to observe your laws? Right? In other words, there should be a difference in we, whether it's Jews Christians, believers, or anyone that calls on the name of the Lord, anyone that, that says they are a follower of Christ, there should be a very distinct, distinguishable, so readily apparent um, difference in how we live, act, and carry and conduct ourselves that the whole world can notice. And shouldn't notice. And it's not that they're looking at us, but they should be seeing Christ in and through us. And that's what Paul is getting at here. Right? Just like an oldest sibling. Right? Yes. The Jews are given a place of honor. Right? Just just like an oldest sibling. Because the oldest sibling first received everything that all the rest of the children of the house received. Right? Yes. Yes. However, they still have to follow it, just like all the rest of the children of the house. If not, then there's disobedience. It doesn't matter the place, the position, right? Yes. So, which is a breaking of faith. But also because it was first given, if you will, to the oldest child, right? Is the oldest child typically not held to a higher standard? Yes. There's more responsibility given to them. There's more requirements. Why? Because they've known more. It was, And they've known it for longer. So not only should they be able to instruct it to the rest of the siblings, but they should also be walking in it, moving in it, applying it to every area and aspect of their life, right? All the teachings, the instruction, the guidance, commandments passed down from well, the parents, or in Paul's example, our Heavenly Father, 
right? Who, who gave the oracles of God, of himself, to them first. Does that make sense to everyone? Are there yes, any questions on that? No. No. Okay, but then also, let's tie it to, to what you said, honey, yesterday, when we talk about faith. Because knowing the the word of the Lord, the oracles of God, the what's required in the faith and, and the, the spiritual laws that the Lord reveals as we go deeper and, and understand his word, know and understand his word more and are given wisdom. Right, and as we read in Deuteronomy 4, right, that in the statutes, the commandments, is your wisdom and your understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So, knowing those things, we should be able to apply them all the more and, and move and, and observe them as we're, we're also instructed and commanded to. So, would you mind, if you will, elaborating on that, if you want, and... Not to put you, not to put any pressure or anything, but uh, I'll give you the opportunity to tie it up to yesterday or last last one on what we were saying. Um, if if you have anything you want to add, um, sorry, this this new position, like that's okay. kind of out of my my peripheral. So we we switch locations just so everybody knows. And um, <laughs> so tell me again what you want me to articulate, honey. I know that you were talking about how. As a believer, it's our duty and our right to insist on the promises of God and to stand steadfast on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, and what dad was saying was that you first have to know what your rights are in order to stand on them. Mm -hmm. So that involves getting in the word and understanding who God is and what your rights are as a believer so you can be steadfast and you can apply your faith to it. Mm -hmm. It does. Amen. Absolutely. Thank you. I think that summed it up. There you go. I just, <laughs> I wanted to give the opportunity. I didn't want... <laughs> I didn't want to be the only voice or almost the only voice talking. And, I'll give um, you the last seconds at the end, huh? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just joking. The opportunity to elaborate. <laughs> the leftovers. Right? That's okay. <laughs> oh, we got a couple minutes left. Now you can talk. Yeah. No. Well, th there was a lot to go through, and, and I was trying to do that. Um, just teasing, honey. I know that, honey. Uh, well, I want to bring a couple things in. Please. Um, that won't be heavy, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, First and foremost, as you had us in Genesis there, and Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. I just want to make it clear Absolutely. to any of the youth that may be listening, that is not a model for you to live in your parents' basement until you're 75 years old. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Parents around the world go, <sighs> Yeah, yeah, just, let's, let's just bring that in. And then um, you did mention that we are uh, in a different uh, place today than normally when we're uh, recording these yes and so um if you um are in the the local area which is the greater hampton roads area in virginia or southeast virginia or tidewater or it has lots of names which right? is the chesapeake virginia beach norfolk area whatever however hampton roads absolutely if you wish to join us um, please reach out to a day of prayer at yahoo.com you mm -hmm. can join us in person if you like absolutely and, um, we also have different times when we get together and just uh, worship that aren't recorded. So if you're interested and you're going to be in the area or you live in the area and you want to participate with us, please reach out to us so we can contact you and make that happen. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, brother. Um, are we almost out of time, honey? Technically, yes. But if please, <laughs> share, honey. Okay. I did want to talk about um, just a, a couple of things. Um, when it, verse 3, when it says, What if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? And um, 
you know, referencing Hebrews chapter four, we were talking about God prepared a beautiful place for them. He prepared good for them, but they wouldn't believe God to enter in. Mm -hmm. And circumcision, the physical circumcision, when we look at what Abraham went through, he was an older man when God asked him to circumcise himself and his son, um, Ishmael, at the time and his household. He was older. And I just, I want to put this in out there so I, because God wants us to have tender hearts. Um, sometimes when God comes to us and speak to us, it can make us upset. The tendency can be for us to harden our heart when we hear his voice and what he's saying, because it's outside of what we want. It's outside of what we thought. It's outside of what we are prepared to believe and extend ourselves towards at the moment. And in Hebrews chapter four, and um, some of chapter three of Hebrews, he tells us, when you hear my voice, don't harden your heart like they did in the rebellion. So Abraham was actually believing God to have children. He was still waiting for the child of promise when God said to him, take a sharp rock and cut some skin off of your man parts, off of your, <laughs> sorry, your genitals. And to the natural mind. Without anesthesia. Without anesthesia. You know, I'm, I'm sure his hand was shaking. <laughs> A couple tears. Hot. I mean, all of these things. God said, the very thing that you think you need to produce what I'm talking to you about, I'm asking you to cut, remove part of it. Cut some of the skin off of it. And trust me. You can imagine, you know, most people don't want to give themselves a shot and most men can attest to this. You don't want anything going on with that particular area, let alone sharp and danger. <laughs> you just don't, you know, you just don't want it. And I, I can chuckle as a woman, but in my, my, my imagination about it, but realistically for the heart of the believer, when God comes to you and he says something that's hard for you to swallow, how do you respond to him? How do you react? Do you harden your heart and buckle down and resist him? And, you know, Abraham could have said, well, no, I'm not doing that. That You're just asking too much, Lord. That's, you know, how does that even work? How are you going to give me this child you keep promising me? Now you're asking me to cut some, some extra skin off and that just doesn't make any sense. But here's God's wisdom. The extra skin was actually interfering, physically interfering with his ability to reproduce. Look at that. Look at God. And because God's the creator and he understands and knows all things, he could see that and go, will you trust me and follow me as I help you make corrections, as I help you, because it was more than about the physical act, even though there was benefit to it, you know, improved cleanliness, et cetera, et cetera, and, and increased ability to physically reproduce. But he also in that time was circumcising his heart at the same time to go, God, whatever you ask me for, it's not mm -hmm. too much for me because you are faithful and just. Whether I can see it, comprehend it, I know the scope and breadth of it or not, I know you are faithful and you are God and you're good to me. So if God is asking you for something that doesn't make your flesh feel pretty, it doesn't make you leap for joy, but it's right because that's what God says, don't harden your heart towards him. Soften your heart and go, yes, God, I will. Help steady my hand while I get this done. Help me. Help me. 
to walk with you, Lord. All the effort that God put with Abraham, having him walk the length and the breadth, was about tenderizing Abraham's heart, enlarging his vision so he could receive God's best. And it wasn't necessarily about Isaac per se, but it was about every believer that would come through and believe God. It was about him having a place with the Father in Jesus Christ that nobody and nothing could take away. It was about him learning the breadth and the depth and the height and the width and the length to know the love of God. And you can, if you're looking for where you can find that in Scripture, it's in Genesis 17 and very specifically verses 9 through 14. And there's, there's a key in there, right? The circumcision being part of the covenant as in a sign of the covenant between the Lord and Abraham, a reminder, right? And verses 10 and 11 is, says this, um, it's Genesis 17, 10 and 11. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised. Ready? And here's the key. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Very specifically, two types of circumcision are mentioned. He says that you shall be circumcised and the flesh of your foreskin. Amen. And God, he should be able to come to us and ask us for whatever he wants. And we are willing to give it to him. We are willing to obey God. I'm not talking about unrighteousness and wicked things, impersonating the Lord. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our true and living God, our heavenly father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who laid down everything for us. When he comes to us to make a request and a petition that we are willing to obey him, we're willing to give him whatever it is that he's asking us for, because not only is it a sign of our covenant with him, but ultimately it's for our good. It's because he wants to bless us. Amen. 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 Well, let's, let's close there for today. And uh, with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, promise. Lord, just thank you for giving us this opportunity to spend time inside of your word and just giving us wisdom to do all things in your name. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I also just thank you for making where nothing's too hard for you. And mm-hmm. with you that nothing's impossible. Amen. In the name yes, of Jesus, Lord. amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.